What's going on, podcast listeners? Uh, really excited to be back um, from a fairly long vacation uh, in November. Uh, me and the wife took um, two and a half weeks, and uh, we flew out to Seattle and road tripped it all the way down to San Diego. Uh, and then obviously Thanksgiving happened. So it's been a great three weeks, kind of really um, pumping the brakes a little bit um, and taking some time off. So really excited to uh, start putting out more uh, podcast episodes. Um, and so this one uh, is extremely special to me. Um, it is actually from my talk at Little Rock Tech Fest um, in Little Rock, Arkansas, back in October. The conference was incredible. Um, it was uh, the energy was incredible. Um, the questions were great. The people were just unreal. And so uh, I would advise for you to turn down the volume a little bit when you listen to this uh, to this podcast and, and to, to my talk because I was yelling uh, because it was a really really big room. And um, I had no mic. So just prefacing that now before I blow your speakers. Um, and so, and actually, uh, fun fact, this will be my last talk on the whole recruiter suck, use them um, for a little bit. So I am kind of sunsetting this talk and rolling out a new talk for 2020. Um, because after speaking at these conferences, you know, I talk about leveraging LinkedIn and I'm like, you know, do people actually really know how to use LinkedIn? Do people actually know how to use Twitter? And so um, my new talk in 2020 is going to be, I mean, the title is how to leverage social media to land you your dream job. And so I will be actually, um, you know, pulling up LinkedIn real time in my sessions and really showing people how to leverage LinkedIn and Twitter and other social media tools uh, to expand their network and obviously find a job. So really excited about that. Hope you all enjoyed this specific episode. Um, I also... Um, fun little fact, rolled out a text messaging platform. Um, so if you want to text and be a part of uh, my texting community, um, you can text 833-305-0058. Again, if you're driving one more time, uh, 833-305-0058. And if you want to text job tips or and... Nash jobs. Basically what my goal is, is to share specific job tips about once every other day or so on how to leverage um, your network to find a job. And then also I send out um, basically all the jobs we have that I'm working on within the development community um, with the Nash jobs keyword. So if you want to be a part of that community, um, feel free to uh, text those keywords to 833-305-0058. Um, as always, if you want to reach me, Twitter's where it's at for me. So it's at T-Dessen, T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. Obviously, I'm on Instagram. If you want to check out uh, my road trip highlights, you can um, check it out on Instagram. And then if you want to just reach me by old-fashioned email, which I absolutely love, it's pretty simple, taylor at vaco, V-A-C-O.com. Hope you all enjoy this episode. Thanks. Can anybody hear me okay? I'm not gonna, this is very interactive. This isn't, there's no live code samples or, or anything like live coding. So if you were here for that, this is not it. You are more than free to leave. Um, so uh, I'm really excited to give this talk. This is probably my last talk on this topic for probably definitely the rest of the year, if not next year as well. Um, somebody's using a mic next door, it's very loud. Um, so. Thank you guys for coming out. I am super honored and beyond grateful to even be selected to speak at a code conference as a recruiter, um, because uh, as many of you know, um, most people hate recruiters, um, hence my talk, Recruiters Suck, Use Them. Um, and so over the next 50 minutes, my goal for this talk is for us to have a really open and honest conversation about how to work with us, right? Uh, recruiters are kind of this black hole for the most part, and people don't know what to ask, how to work with us, um, so they'd rather just not, and hopefully they can just find a job. Um, also, I'm totally open to talking about how to write a resume. I have some PowerPoint slides I'm going to go over. I've actually hated PowerPoint. Um, I'm really bad at PowerPoint. And so um, I finally incorporated a few slides, so we'll definitely go over that. Um, a little bit about me, just so you know, kind of my story, my background. So I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I uh, work for a company called Vaco. Vaco is a national practice, so we have offices all across the country um, and even some across seas. Basically, what my job is, is I only work with software developers. 
Um, so I'm kind of like a developer advocate, I guess you could say, in Nashville. Um, and I help connect the software developers to hiring managers. Um, I've been recruiting for eight years now. I've been recruiting just developers for the last five in Nashville. Um, and uh, I moved up to Nashville to do music like everyone else. I was a drummer, still am a drummer. I don't really know how that works out. Um, and so I kind of found Vaco through a friend of a friend because I was tired of playing um, in the hockey talks until 3 a.m. Um, and so I've been doing this ever since, and I love it. I spent some time in the Research Triangle area. So I was actually just out to Raleigh Code this past weekend, um, speaking out there, and then hopped on a plane um, two days later and came here. So it's been a whirlwind the past two weeks. I'm really passionate about this. No questions are off the table. So I'm done talking about myself. Um, the next uh, 46 minutes are completely Q&A. Um, I will answer whatever questions you have. I obviously can sit up here and talk 46 minutes without taking a breath. You can ask my wife, um, but I prefer not to because at the end of the day, there is a lot of conversation that is generated every time I do this talk with people who don't know how to navigate recruiters or how to write a resume and whatnot. So all that being said, I want to open the floor to y'all. Um, if, if you have any questions, you're going to have to yell um, or stand up. But is, is there any questions about working with, with recruiters or anything like that? Yep, in the back. How recruiters' fees handled? Yeah, so that's a good question. So recruiters' fees, base, basically, we have two types of fees, right? So we have the direct hire salaried, right? So if we place you at 100K, um, we negotiate a fee with our clients, right? If it is a contract to hire, our clients give us a rate, and we have to work within those rates, right? A lot of people ask me, well, do, what is your markup? It literally varies for every single position. My goal as a recruiter, if it's contract to hire, is to make sure that you get a raise, that you get compensated for the out-of-pocket benefits that you have to pay for, and if that works out, then great. I know a lot of recruiters tend to cut people down on rates. Usually we have flexibility, and so I would highly recommend to make sure that you get what you want um, a as a contractor or contract to hire. Yeah, the employer, yep, yep. So there's two types of recruiters too. There's agency recruiters and there's corporate recruiters. I'm an agency recruiter. I work with a lot of different clients in Nashville. And then the corporate recruiters are the recruiters that actually um, work with the end client, with the company. But yes, we work with our clients for the fees. So if a recruiter asks you to sign your life away um, for money, don't do it. That's a huge red flag. Um, also, before I go any further, I want to pull up my social media handle. I actually am pretty active over Twitter um, in regards to... Uh, job search tips. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's my information. Um, Instagram, I just really post pictures of my Corgi the entire time. So that's not really business related. And then I actually have a podcast. So I'm actually streaming this right now. Not streaming, I'm recording this right now. Basically, um, my podcast has all of my talks for the last two years. Since every talk is Q&A, there's different content out of every single talk. So I would highly advise you to still go and listen to past, my past talks because depending on what questions are asked, the conversation goes that way. Um, cool, so we talked about fees. Again, it varies at the end of the day, but don't sign your life away if a recruiter makes you um, obviously uh, sign anything for money. What else? That was a good first question. I, I need to give out prizes to like the first person who like asked a question. Yes, in the back. All right, I'm currently on a six month contract Okay. How's that work? So then we hear the question. So this gentleman in the back is on a six month contract to hire and he's gonna go full time after three months. First off, congrats, because that means, you're, that means you're very good at what you do and the client sees that and they don't wanna lose you. So congrats to you on that. So, from, so his question was, as a recruiter, what does that look like for us? So we have, we have an agreement in place. And again, this is just me, right, Vaco. I'm only one recruiter. I'm always cautious with people who attend this talk because I don't want them to go back home and be like, well, Taylor, and Little Rock said this, and so we need to do this. Or, you know, you get really loud or to the client and be like, hey, well, Taylor said this at Vaco in Nashville. I'm only one recruiter. But typically within our contracts, if you go full time before the six months, the client pays us, right? So again, it's no harm to you. Um, it's actually a testament to you. And if you were my candidate, I would buy you lunch to celebrate and, and, and you'd go full time and then that's it. So again, no harm, no foul. Um, we work it into our agreements to obviously get compensated off that. Good question. We got two in. What else? Yes. What about 
getting the offer signed and then saying that it's not going to work because of the visa thing. And like, I mean, it feels like at the end that you've been lied to that the recruiter must know about this the whole time because the company has, um, you know, employees working on visas. Right. So, so, you know, how, like, how does it work? Like, why is it like um, the... Uh, employees right. being told something, you know, offered something and then sign on and then said what you know, and said that well this doesn't, you know, even meet the legal requirements right. and then backing out. Like why waste those two weeks? So so two weeks just so your question is regarding offer letters, right? And getting to an offer? Getting to an offer. Getting to an offer and how things kinda get weird. weird. Yep. Certain people working people at the company working. on visa yeah. status, certain visa status, yeah. but then that individual who got the offer yeah. is on that visa status and they say no. Is that, is that essentially kind of the concern? Yeah, I mean, here's the deal, right? So I know recruiters get a really bad rap, and rightfully so, because um, a lot of times during the interview process, things go south at the end. Um, that seems to be on both sides, right? So I, I'm, not, I'm gonna be honest, right? I'm not perfect. Right? I sit up here and I talk about recruiters. I have had deals go south because I haven't asked the right questions. Right? So sometimes it's the recruiter's fault. Right? The recruiter maybe didn't ask enough questions from a visa status perspective. They really didn't understand. Um, but other times too, the, the HR and clients change their minds a lot. And sometimes it just gets super weird at the very, at the very end of offers. I mean, I had an individual get an offer. The individual didn't know that they had a visa status where they couldn't work in the US. And I got them an offer. Surprise, right? So it, it, at the end of the day, it's on both parties, but I would probably take the onus on the recruiting side to really listen and to understand from a visa perspective what you have and what the client wants. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I got, a, got an impression that everybody really liked me. In the right. Right. I used to spend like more than 20 minutes on the phone like almost every day for, for a couple of weeks. Right. And then it was like, sorry, you know, they're not going to be able to meet. I'm like, well, you should have known this since the beginning. Yeah. Like, didn't, you, didn't you find out all about this yep. before even, you know, offering me anything? Like that was really, really uh, put me into a weird situation. Correct. Um, and they did say, you know, get back to us when the situation, you know, went. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, but I feel you, and I, I kind of see now, see through. It could be the client being a little. Weird. Yeah, listen. There, the, the 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 interview process gets so weird sometimes that it's not always on the recruiter, but unfortunately, for the most part, it usually is, right? So it's really understanding and listening to the job seeker and what they want, and to find a recruiter that does that is is very hard to do. So. Okay. So when you, when as a candidate you have a submit an application, it's all online. Like, mm -hmm. okay, so who's the hiring manager mm -hmm. in this position? Well, you can go on this, this, this .com and the hiring manager, you know, will get it. Which is untrue right, right. Um, to this day because it's going to be some automated system mm -hmm. set up uh, that is going to scan through, look at those... Um, those keywords. Right, right. And if not, the resume is thrown out. Otherwise, there is some assistant who's right. going to get like a pile of 150 resumes sitting on the table. Right. They need to like really shuffle through and whatever they feel like, they're going to bring it onto the table. Onto right. The HR, which is not, which is, which I feel like it's, it's unfair to the Correct. Because I don't think they have enough knowledge about what. Correct. Yeah. And, and so, so. She brings up a great point up here, right? Please, please, please stop submitting your resumes to job postings. Stop it. it I'm going to say something. If there's one thing you get out of this talk, well, there's a few things, right? So this is like one of the things. If you get out of this talk, re-engineer your job search and partner with a recruiter first. Interview recruiters like you're interviewing companies and then let them do the work for you. You will be surprised, one, how easy the job search comes after that, and two, you won't disqualify yourself from submitting your resume all around town. I have a, I have a bunch of good engineer friends in Nashville who have submitted, the, who have blanketed the town 
I mean, just flat out submitted to 56 places. Well, guess what? I can't work with you anymore. My job and recruiters' jobs are to know the hiring managers, to know the developers, the team leads, right? And when you submit your resume to the client, it completely disqualifies us working together. So you're right, it is unfair. And so I would stop it right now. From here on out, everybody in here, take an oath with me. I will not submit to job postings. Great, thank you for that, that was great. Yes, other questions? Uh, so the question is, can recruiters help you get freelancing clients in exchange for commission? Yeah. So we don't do, I, and again, I don't, I don't know exactly to, like, to a certain point. I know there's a lot of freelance companies out there, right? I know one that we've worked with is gun.io, right? They, their business is around hiring engineers for part-time work. Um, on our end, everything that we do, like now we get three-month contracts, six-month contracts, but in regards to freelance, and I'm making sure we're on the same page, freelancing part-time or full-time? 40 hours a week or like 20 hours a week? Which one? Part-time or full-time, yeah. So most, most of our clients hit us up for full-time work. Um, the the, the part-time stuff, they can usually find on their own. I usually tell developers I work with, uh, we don't get remote and we don't get freelance. Why? Because companies can find that on their own. Companies come to us for positions they can't find. So, yeah. Yeah, so I, I would, if I were you, I would look up freelance companies in your town or, or in the southeast and connect with those individuals through LinkedIn. Yes, gentlemen, back. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah. Ghosting? Yeah, yeah. Are we talking about dating life? Or are we talking? No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, ghosting. Ghosting is not only for Tinder, it also is in the job search as well. Um, yeah, I, I will tell you that kind of what I went, went, uh, just said just now. Take the time to work with a recruiter on the front end and really get to know them and only partner with two or three of us, right? And so here, here's a quick rule, right? If there's another thing to write down to get out of this talk is the two and two rule, right? A lot of people get hit up by, how many people in here get, up, get hit up by recruiters on LinkedIn weekly? Raise your hand. Yeah, my point exactly, right? So everyone's like, who do I work with? How do I weed them out, right? So most recruiters that are bad at their jobs usually have to jump ship every two years or so, 18 months to two years, because we're heavily commissioned. And so the people who can't make placements and build relationships have to jump around to get their base salary raised up. So that two years, if a, if a recruiter has been at the same company for two years, they're probably pretty good, probably, not 100%. I don't need any, you, you, you messaging me and be like, I worked with a recruiter that's been there for two years and they ghosted me again, right? The other rule, so two and two, that they've been in the local market for at least two years, right? So I've been in Nashville for five years. I'm still learning about companies in Nashville. So if you're going to work with a recruiter who's been at the same company for one year and in the local market for six months, do you think they're going to be able to have the knowledge to work? And do you think they actually care, right? Every unique interaction that I work with day in, day out in Nashville, I know that if I don't treat you with respect, word's going to get around that I suck. Right. And to be honest with you, again, I'm, I'm going to sit here and admit there's one guy in Nashville. My business partner had lunch with and he goes, well, I don't know why Taylor's so good at Vaco. He, he's he, he did terrible with me. A little backstory. He was on his phone during the whole lunch. So I didn't really talk to him. But that's beside the point. I'll that's beside the point. So that that's what I'm saying. Right. Build a relationship with two or three recruiters. And then I will promise you they should not ghost you. That was a good question. Appreciate that. What else? This is good stuff. I, f I see some people writing. Any other questions? Literally no other questions. Yeah. Uh, what are the things that you care and don't care on your All right, good. Resume. What do I care about? What do I not care about? Right? So this is one of my slides. And again, if you need me, feel free to email me at the end of this. My email is taylor at vaco.com, V-A-C-O. All right, resume writing. Resume writing is kind of this tricky thing. No one knows how to do it. How many pages should it be? Um, should it be just one page? I've been in this industry for 20 years. 
It's only one page, right? First off, I want to kick the guidance counselor in the shin, hence why my podcast is Guidance Counselor 2.0, that says your resume should just be one page. Yes, if you are new in the industry, if you are new in the tech industry, yes, it needs to be probably just one page unless you actually can document specific side projects that you've worked on. Um, in regards to what looks good on a resume, that's everything I want to see on a resume right there. I don't know what it is, but in regards to resume writing, if I, I the, the, the developer's resumes that I edit to, to make it look like this, more times than not get interviews with our clients. I don't know what it is about this format, but it works. And again, I can send it to you. So the things I want to see on a resume, right? Your summary, your first part, summarize what you've done, right? So if you're a senior .NET engineer with 15 years of experience, put, hey, 15 plus years of .NET development experience, the last three years have been specifically focused within .NET Core, with an Angular 7 front end. I'm just throwing out buzzwords, don't know what any of this means. I'm just saying, right? So, um, so that, that's where I put the summary, right? Buzzwords, super high level, right? Even if you're not in tech, right? If I'm a recruiter, five plus years of recruiting experience, or eight years now, five years working with software developers, right? Keep it super high level. Professional experience, right? You need the company. I would notate the years like that, the specific position held, and what location you're in. Now, the, all the bullet points and stuff get a little weird, right? So, the, so the, uh, the italicized part is basically summarizing what the company does if you're not a big company, right? If you work for a smaller company in Little Rock and, I, and I'm in Nashville and I talk to you, I want to know what that company does at a super high level, basically like you're describing it to your mom or dad, right? Then the first bullet point, I would actually describe specific projects that you're working on, right? So, hey, listen, I'm a, I work at Facebook. When you go to the globe, um, the notification and click that, that's, that's the widget I work on, right? Again, describing it super high level to your mom or dad or stupid recruiter like myself. Yes? Yeah, so that's a good question. I probably should have added this. So if you worked with multiple positions within the same company, what I would do, current position that you're at right now, and then in non-bold, put the month and years that you're, that you're holding that position, and then obviously do this outline. And then if, if it's your previous, so let's say you're a tech lead right now, outline the responsibilities. And then right here, in non-bold, put senior developer, and then outline the responsibilities with the date. A lot of people don't know how to do that. Keep everything under the bold, the, 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 the top bolded part. Um, then technology is used, right? That's really important. Us as recruiters that don't know what, we, what we're talking about, we just control F search things on resumes, right? So you need buzzwords, right? If, if you do pen testing, right? You need to put it up there, right? Because us recruiters don't have any idea what pen testing is, right? So we just control F it. Does this person have pen testing? Right, so complete tech stack from front to back, even if you're not working with an Angular front end, but you've had interactions with it some way, shape, or form, it needs to go on there, right? So the recruiter or non-technical person knows that you've been in that ecosystem. Um, again, recapping technical skills down here. Another recap, right? So if we control F it for people, right? The, the non-technical individuals, they can find it again within the technical skills. And then certificates and education. Does that answer your question? Cool, and again, we're kind of flying by to see your pants right now. I'm, going, I'm talking real fast. I've had two iced coffees this morning. If you, want more, if you want more information after this talk, find me afterwards. I will answer any and all questions, and we'll go from there. Yep. How many years of experience did you go back? Uh, years for, uh, so how many years of experience did you go back on your resume for the types of positions you want to get called for? Right? So now there's a way to summarize. So let's say you were doing mainframe COBOL work 20 years ago. There's still a lot of that out there. If you want to come to Nashville, let me know. Um, Basically, what I would do, I would still notate it like this, right? Company, so-and-so, mainframe developer, location. And then what I would do is I would just put a super high-level functional verbiage, right? So like mainframe developer for this application that supported this business and just leave it at that. Because the more tech jargon, right? I had a speaker last night go, I get a call for PHP roles. And I worked on PHP 20 years ago. I said, is it in your, res is it in your LinkedIn? He goes, yeah. I said, don't call me about PHP roles. I said, recruiters don't read. So if you have PHP in your LinkedIn, even if it says do not call, you're still going to get called. Right? He goes, oh, that makes sense. Yep. Follow-up question is something that you guys Yes.
different market. Yep. So somebody said, well, leave your address on because if they see where you're at currently, you're not going to get a phone call. Do you want to come to Nashville? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so addresses, I, it, I don't really care, okay. really. I mean, I would say take it off, right? The only thing you need is your name, your um, phone number, and your email. And that's it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any more than that. What else? I feel like y'all are starting to finally get warm and, and like talk, so this is great. Keep going, this is, this is awesome. Say what? New what? Oh, oh, I see. So the question over here is kind of redefining when I say like new to the industry, right? So I'm all about like notating content that's applicable, right? So if you've been coding for three years, but you've worked on some pretty intense projects in those three years and you fill up a page with pertinent information, it's okay if it's two pages, right? I wouldn't go any more than three pages. To be honest, I look at one or two pages and I'm done. But three pages isn't bad. Don't go 17. Literally working with a guy right now that has 17 pages. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yep. Do you want to move to Nashville? I'm just kidding. Keep going. All right. If I wanted to have a project list, can I have a separate document for project lists, or would I have that incorporated in my So that's a great question, right? So the question is project lists, right? So if you work within specific projects within your organization, I would absolutely include that on your resume. Yeah. Don't don't have a separate document. And in my mind, if that makes your resume three or four pages, that's okay, right? Applicable information, not fluff, right? So if, you've, if you can outline all your projects. Now, what I would do is if it gets too long, sure, I'm fine with you having another document, but it really needs to go in your resume. That was a good question. Yes? Uh, both. Right, so the question back here is, do our clients actually see your resume? That's actually a great question, right? So yes, they see your resume, right? Now, Vaco's trying to get into the managed solutions side of things, right? So spinning up dev teams, we have two dev teams working right now, one JavaScript, one .NET. Um, our clients don't see the resume because they don't want to see the resume, right? They just want us to pick a dev team for them, right? But for the most part, if you are interviewing with the end client, they will always see your resume. Now, I would also piggyback on that. I would ask the recruiter to see your resume before they submit it. Sometimes recruiters falsify information on your resume. <laughs> Believe it or not, right? If I change something on one of my developer's resumes, I ask them if it's okay, right? Um, so again, having that relationship, right? That's kind of the underlying tone through this entire talk is having a relationship with the recruiter because I'm telling you, like most, most of the developers I work with, they don't even like, they're like, you know what, don't even send me the jobs, just line up phone calls, right? But again, th that takes time, that takes time. Yep. Cover letters. Cover letters, don't use them. <laughs> Next, no. Um, yeah, so cover letters are a thing of the past, right? So that's what a LinkedIn is for, and I'm gonna go ahead and go to my next slide, which is about, um, which is LinkedIn writing. So this is somebody's LinkedIn. It's a buddy of mine in uh, Raleigh. Um, I would say this LinkedIn is a little too overkill in my mind. On a LinkedIn, most people are like, how do I write a LinkedIn? Your LinkedIn is not your resume. He made his look like his resume. I'm fine with it. But in my mind, your LinkedIn is your cover letter. And on top of that, your LinkedIn should only have three sentences per each position. Here are what three sentences I would include in your LinkedIn. First sentence. What application you are working on at a super high level, like you're describing it to your mom or dad. Second sentence, you're sp specifically what technologies you are utilizing currently or within the last few years. And then the third sentence is, again, your entire tech stack from front to back. Right? So what that'll do is I'll allow the recruiter or any other job, seek or job person to look at your LinkedIn, say, okay, this person works on this widget with this technology for th this many years, I'm gonna call them. And again, if there are other recruiters in here, I'm sure they have different other thoughts on LinkedIn's, right? For me, on my, for my two cents, your LinkedIn should be brief and your resume should be in depth. But no cover letters. Also, stop putting your daggone picture on your resume. It's weird. 
That's what your LinkedIn's for. I actually, actually uh, follow me on LinkedIn, by the way. I actually um, long form all of my Twitter content and post a little bit more um, paragraph stuff. And I posted the other day. It was my first post that kind of went viral. And it was awesome. Uh, everybody was laughing. It was great. Um, that was a highlight of my week. Anyways, what else? Yes. Uh, what about the salary range when you're negotiating it? Yeah. Uh, if you're ready to talk about it, how do you know that uh, your counter is not going to get you out of that? That's a good question. Uh, so the question was is regarding salary negotiations and if your counter doesn't disqualify you. Right. right? And just general probably salary guidelines too. So this is, this is an important question. First off, Y'all need to have some daggum confidence in what you do and how much you make and stop asking for less. Right? I've, I, there's been a lot of conferences over the last few months, right? Every senior engineer I talk to, they're always like, yeah, you know, I just, I just do this. It's like, man, like, be confident, right? Like, stop beating yourself down, right? People, I, I'll tell you this right now. You have, I'm giving you the, 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 I'm empowering you to ask for the salary that you want because the market is still very good. There's no reason for you to take less. Now, if you're not qualified and the recruiter can back that up, then maybe you need to come down a little bit. But don't let a recruiter beat you down so they can make some more money, right? Now, another, another reason why I would say partner with a recruiter is because they know salary information within the market. Right, so I had lunch with a senior engineer at Eventbrite. Eventbrite's got a pretty big dev team in Nashville. Um, we sadly don't work with them. Um, Eventbrite, if you're listening to this podcast, I would love to work with you. But all that being said, he, he, he was like, hey, listen, like, here's my salary. Is it in line? He goes, I've never had this conversation. I said, yes, it's fantastic. You need to stay where you're at. He goes, okay, good. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea. Right? I tweeted that. Literally, I had a few developers DM me. They're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even think about that right? Use the recruiter as more of just your general specialist within the tech market within your city, right? Counter offers, talk with the recruiter about it, right? Hey, recruiter, listen, this is, listen, I'm at hundred now. I really want 115 to jump. Is that too much? The recruiter needs to be able to shoot you straight. If you're not using a recruiter, then that's where I would still have a recruiter on the side. Hey man, like literally I had a guy get an offer. He was uh, one of my good friends, got an offer with a client, his current client countered him and he called me and we had a 15 minute phone conversation because of his two offers, not through me. Right. You need to have these recruiters in the markets that can really be your eyes and ears and, and, and equip you with all the tools to find a new job. With the client, right. Then is there a resource like a website where you can go and see what's upper limit Sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can go to, there's, there's a lot of websites out there that does like salary averages within the city, but honestly, I've seen those aren't really right to be totally frank with you. If you're negotiating with the recruiter, that's where you have to have that relationship. If you don't have the relationship, then I, yeah, you're probably going to have to do some research. Yeah. I, I don't have a, like a silver bullet answer for you on that, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vaco prides itself on building relationships with hiring managers. So if you work with me on any development role in Nashville, I will never send you an HR generated job description. I will always send you exactly what you're working on day one within the specific application. And I will also know the rate ranges as well because we work directly with the hiring managers. Most recruiters should do that, which, which brings me to one of probably the most important 10 questions in this entire talk. So feel free to take pictures. If you work with a recruiter, ask them these 10 questions. If they can't answer these questions for you, don't work with them. All these questions I work with, all these questions are questions that my sales team asks that I know for every single job that I send you. Are there any questions about these questions up here? I love all the picture taking. This makes me happy. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. Who the heck are you working with, man? A lot of people. A lot of years. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, the recruiters who don't share client information and manager information, get out of here. That's so stupid. 
Like every single job that I get, I know who the hiring manager is, how many steps there are. And if I don't know, I'll find that out for you. I'm kind of giving you all a second to kind of like read through this and see if there's any questions that I need to clarify. Yeah. They wouldn't tell you. Did you ask them why? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's, I, I think most recruiters do that so you don't go around them and work with the client. But like at the end of the day, it's a relationship business, right? Like I want you to trust me to work with me. So I'm going to tell you, right? So I think that's a stupid thing recruiters do. I have no idea why we do it. Um, and so I would, I would ask, I would ask, I, I'm not kidding you. I spoke at a chattanooga.net uh, meetup a, a few months ago. A developer used these questions on me. He used my own questions on me for a job. It made me super happy. And I answered, I, I answered all of them but one, and then I went to go find out the other one. If I were you, I would just have this saved as like a signature in your email. And I would just send it to the recruiter. Hey, thanks for hitting me up. Let me know. Can you answer these? I if you send that to a recruiter, they're going to be like, what the, where the hell did you get these things from? <laughs> they, they are going to be shocked. Um, how many people in here know what dice is? Raise your hand. The job board dice. Okay, that, okay good. That's better. I was, about to, I was about to be terrified for a second. So let's talk about dice real quick. Right? So, okay, so you get fired from a job, right? Ah, oh, crap. I gotta get my resume up, all right? What job boards do I use, right? So dice, dice is really important. I love cats, I have one by the way, hence, hence, the, hence the cats. Um, so dice is extremely important. This is the recruiter view of what I see when I log on to dice to search your resume. And we can search on all these things. Every time you log into dice, we get notified and we run searches on it. So a few of my developer friends, they, they like um, log on to Dice to like, you know, just check in with their stuff, make sure it looks good. And I immediately text them, hey man, what's up? Are you okay? They go, what's wrong? I go, you're on Dice. They go, how do you know? It's like, well, bro, every time you log in, like I get notified. So <laughs> they go, oh, yeah, they go, I'm fine. But you need to make sure this is up to date. Dice is extremely important. It's, it's technology only. And so, um, you know, when I search a developer on CareerBuilder, I get like construction workers and like just a wide variety of things. Um, if I type in the word developer within Dice, I specifically get developers. Um, so make sure this is updated. Also, Indeed is becoming a thing. I think Indeed does a pretty good job of um, you know resumes and all that. So I would absolutely do Dice and Indeed. LinkedIn, Dice and Indeed, and you should be able to find a job. If you don't want to use a recruiter, if you're just adamant. You're here at my talk because I'm here to convince you to use a recruiter and you still don't like me. Um, I, would, I would hold yourself to having one unique interaction a day or intentional interaction a day with someone in your network. So my dad was in the restaurant industry. For, he worked at the same restaurant for 25 years. It was essentially killing him, major back surgery, and he just quit. And he looked at me one day and he goes, okay, what do I do now? And I go, I, what, what do you mean, what do you do? And he goes, how do I find a job? And when your dad comes to you, right, I grew up in a Southern Baptist household, right? You never talk about salary, right? And now in my job, I'm like, hey, my name's Taylor. How much money do you make, right? So it's kind of this, it's this huge, like, different, you know, mind shift. So when your dad comes to you and says, I don't know what to do, like, honestly, that's the motivation for me speaking at conferences. I don't care if you're in tech, right? This is applicable across all industries. And so I, I told my dad, I said, you need to, since, you don't, since you're not working, and so mom doesn't get mad at you. You need to have one coffee, one lunch, one phone call, one Skype call a day with someone in your network. Three months later, he found a job on his own and he's been there for three years. You have to hold yourself. If you don't want to use recruiters, which, which again, right? You may be in an industry here right now where like you're not in tech, right? And you're like, I, well, how do I find a job in general? One phone call, one coffee, one lunch a day with one person in your network that you want to work with or work for or work with that company. It will completely, it, it will snowball and you'll be able to find a job because that's essentially what I do every single day. Yes? Zip Recruiter, yeah, it's just another tool. I haven't used it. If it works for you, great. 
but I've never used it. Yeah, I can't, I can't really speak to it. So, yeah. Well, this is good stuff. We've got 12 minutes. This is awesome. Yes. I have a friend that's been laid off for a few months. Okay. Yeah. So that's a great question. So the question back here was, all right, I have a friend that hasn't worked in a few months. And uh, how do they speak to that space on their resume? Job searching and, and the time of taking off is, is storytelling, right? No one talks about it, right? So like for me, when I work with the developer who's been off work for two or three months, right? Okay, just tell me why. Well, actually, I was working 80 hours in my last position. Right? Or I had a death in the family, really just was not in the mental, you know, mental state to get back to work. If it's literally just hasn't found a job in three months, right? that's okay. But I would highly advise for that person to continue to do things within her field to educate. So then there's, there's some sort of like, you know, yeah. So it's like, hey, so, you know, again, everything for me is in tech, right? Hey. Uh, I've been out of work for four months, but I've been taking Pluralsight courses on .NET Core. Okay, great. That's perfect. I'll put that in there, right? How many hours a week would you say you average Pluralsight courses? Five hours a week? Okay, great. I'm going to put that in there, right? And I'll just tell the client. It's all about storytelling. Yes? Yeah, that's a good question. How do you find recruiters? So trying to best answer this if I was like the job seeker. In my opinion, if you have time at night when you're, on, when you're in bed and you're, on the, and, and you're looking at your phone, I would go to LinkedIn, I would type the word recruiter, and I would use the filter within your city and start looking at the two and, the two, and two rule and see which one qualifies with the two and two and, sh and shoot them a DM. How many people in here have a Twitter? Raise their hand. All right, how many people in here are actively on LinkedIn every day? Raise your hand. All right, it's only about 25% of the room. So, I'm, so that's kind of my next talk for next year is really leveraging social media and personal brand to help find a job. It's incredibly important, right? A lot of the engineers that I know in Nashville from code school are always on LinkedIn, liking people's statuses, commenting, right? Sliding into people's DMs, right? I don't know if you guys know Gary Vaynerchuk. He always talks about it, right? It's going down in the DMs. It's so true, right? I gave a career panel uh, two years ago in Nashville. It was a wonderful panel and there was two engineers on either side of me. And, and I asked that question to a room of 80 people. And I said, hey, how many people in here have DM people on Twitter to ask them for a coffee or lunch or an interview? And the only two people that raised their hands were the engineers on side of me that found jobs through it. You have to try to get off the traditional way of finding a job, job postings, right? Like that whole thing and really build the relationships, build the relationship with the recruiters, right? Build the relationships through social media. Like there's a lot of engineers I know across the country that I've never met that I would ask to stay at their house if I was in their city just because we, I've communicated over Twitter. Now that may be a little creepy, but I don't think it's not. Especially in today's tech world, right? You leverage the tools that you have available to you to build relationships with people in your community. But yeah, it takes a little work. Or you could just sit back and wait for them to DM you and then you can do it from there. I mean, that's, that's another way too. Yes, what's yes. The, what's the difference between a headhunter and a recruiter? Headhunter and recruiter. Headhunter um, is not nice and a recruiter is nice. I don't know, they're the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Headhunter sounds terrifying. They're like, you're a headhunter. And I go, well, mm, just work with people, it's fine. What else? So, yep. I shouldn't be concerned or suspicious to tell my recruiter how much money I make. No, yeah. I mean, like the whole salary thing, like you don't need to be afraid to tell the recruiter, right? Like for me, I really want to know, I really want to know where you're at, what your absolute bottom line is, right? So if you had 100K, but you'd like, but you'd like to see positions at 90K and above, but you really want to be at 115, I need you to give me all those data points. Because I work on jobs day in, day out, and if I don't know your minimum, I may not send you a job that you may be a fit for because it may be a few thousand dollars off. Now, I know people are scared to give where you're at with recruiters, like money-wise, but at the end of the day, the more money you get, the more money we get. So it behooves you, it's my only fancy word I know, it behooves you to tell us all those data points.
Yes. How do you negotiate pay rates in the, what would you say, the lowest, pain lowest pain state? Do you know you have candidates right. in a lowest pain state? Right. There's where the client is, and you need to work something out to get a higher pay rate from that client. How, how do you work around that? Well, you work around that by building, so, so the question up here is if you work with an or, or an individual, right, in a low paying state and you have to negotiate with the client to get a raise for that person, it's all about relationships. And I know you're probably like, all right, Taylor, we got it. It's about relationships. But literally, like, I have been in positions where I needed to get money from my developers to get them paid. And because of the relationship that my team has with the hiring managers, we were able to have a real, open, and honest conversation with the hiring manager to get them a raise. But, but you won't know that unless, again, these are all indicators, those questions I put up, right? If that person cannot answer all those questions, they probably don't have the relationship that they need to be able to negotiate for you. But what about if the company says, hey, we don't have enough budget, um, you know, where we are situated, we don't have enough business, right. but we do need a software engineer right away, but we can't pay them as much because, you know, that's, you know, the low, the best that we can pay right. for the state is 75, not 90. Right. Yeah, so again, continuation of that question. Basically, if, if, if a hiring manager says, well, well, we don't have any budget, right? So what we do as recruiters is we try to show product or we try to show candidates that align with that salary after a while and then come back and say, okay, you've seen seven resumes from us. Do you still want to see that person's resume that you actually like at $20,000 more? That's what we do. But again, it, 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 it's not always, it's sometimes clients just don't want to pay. But again, it's, it's finding a recruiter that's willing to work for you as much as humanly possible. What else? You guys got a few more minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is a great question. So um, how many people in here have been promised something from an employer and did not get it? Raise their hand. Exactly. Then you call me. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it happens all the time, right? So I got a guy, I got, got this guy an offer. It was $25,000 more than he was making. Talking about getting underpaid. $25,000 more he was making. The other, his, his current company countered with another fifteen grand on top of that. So I helped my friend get a $40,000 raise. Well, guess what happened? That other 15,000 that they promised him never happened. What did he do? He left. Right now, everybody in this room has the power over the company. Now, I'm not excuse you to go in and ask for a raise or quit, right? And just be an absolute not nice person to people. But at the end of the day, the, 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 the individuals in this market, especially in tech, if you have any sort of experience, the junior development side is extremely competitive, so not as much. But you have the ability to negotiate in this market. And if that doesn't happen, if you were promised something that you, that you were not given, I would absolutely start working with a recruiter and see what else is out there. And stop taking counter offers. Stop it. It's like, it's like, how many of y'all been in bad relationships? You don't have to raise your hand. Me. That like literally like, like, you know, your ex was like, all right, no, 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 don't break up with me. I'll do better. Maybe your wife said that last night. That's not a whole other conversation. Um, I, that, yeah, this isn't that type of talk. But the thing is though, why did it take you threatening to leave for the company to give you what you want? And that's why I would absolutely, again, have people in the market that you know to where if that happens, a little bit writing on the wall, message that person on DM. Hey, man, I never got the raise. I never got the promotion. You have the power in this market to demand what you want. But obviously, be respectful. What else? A few more minutes. Two more minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so the whole misconception with contract to hire and the word contract is freelance, right? So we're going back to the freelance question earlier. Like, 
recruiters have benefits. They should have benefits. I have benefits. Vaco has benefits that we give to our candidates that are contract to hire. Um, ask to see those on the front end, right? So if a recruiter calls you up, hey man, contract to hire, like contract to hire for me is essentially actually, no, you're actually full-time with Vaco and then you're full-time with another client. There's no, like, you have benefits, you get paid bi-weekly, you know, same pay schedule like I am, and then after six months, you just go away with the other, uh, other company, right? So if it's a contract to hire, ask the recruiter, hey, do you have benefits before you move on any further? But it's the same thing, right? The whole contract to hire, in my opinion, I would recommend contract to hire. I've had so many engineers I've worked with recently that have gone full-time off the get-go salaried with the end client, and they want out three months later. I cannot work with you because if I place you, we have contracts in place where I'm not allowed to pull you out and you're on your own. There's this one guy that I'm working with that I placed a year and a half ago. He hates the company he's at and he keeps texting me. Hey man, can you work with me? No. Three months later, hey man, can, no, I can't, I can't. Well, how about if I quit? Well then, yeah, yes, then I can work with you, right? So in my mind, actually contract hire is the way to go because you can try as well before you buy and if it doesn't fit, the recruiter can roll you off onto, onto another company. Cool, so that's 11.50. You guys are more than welcome to leave. I'm gonna be up here answering questions. Uh, take my business card, stickers, pass them out to your friends. Um, and thank you all for attending. I really appreciate it. Hey man. Oh, you're at FIS. Oh, it's just a great resume. Don't, don't, don't do the back. Don't print it on the back. Just do two pages. Not that it really matters. Just well, kind of I like it though. I didn't want to have to staple a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So my, so my thing is, is I like this. I would try to break it down a, l a little bit more, maybe with some project stuff. Less, maybe. Less stuff. No, just more project based work. If there's been specific projects you've taken on or worked with within the company. Okay. But aside from that, man, it's great. Cool. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, dude. And the resume is it? That's good. Right. I would be happy to get that. Wonderful. What's up, man? Amazing job. Thanks, man. Taylor, right? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Like, I'm still in high school. And okay. I'm here with my um, school. Like, I'm just trying to like learn, you know. I love so, it, man. Well, you're doing yeah, what you, you need to be doing. You could be the next Gary Viner. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. I so appreciate you got, it. You got like LinkedIn already? Yeah, dude. Yeah. So I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, uh, my LinkedIn is Taylor Destin, just my name. Um, I'm literally wearing the exact same floral shirt in my LinkedIn pro profile, so don't judge me. This is my favorite shirt. Yes. LinkedIn briefing. Yes. for project. One is high level job description. Uh, yeah, high level overview of what you're working on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, language used. Yep. What's specifically. Specific language. Yeah. What's the last one? Uh, complete tech stack from front to back that you're working within. Right. So if you're primarily a UI engineer working with Angular, but you're still working within a .NET platform, put the entire tech stack that you're working with okay. and all the tooling. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, buddy. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. I heard hey. a statistic somewhere that if you take most people accept counteroffers, they're gone within three to six months. Oh, it's life. so true. Yeah, it's so it's, true. It's, it's awful. That's like, well, like you say, why, and literally, why my dude. Why who, were you leaving anyway? Exactly. My dude who took the counter left three months later. Yeah. A lot of times they'll fire you anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because they know you're looking. They know you're looking. Yep. yep. Doesn't work. Yes. What's up? So what, are, what are the new skills that are needed? I'm going to be a new graduate. What nice. Skills what people are looking data. For? Everything's data right now. Yeah. Are you talking about within technology though? Yeah. Like yeah. 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 yeah so most junior devs that I place, it's got some way, shape or form with database SQL scripting or querying or some okay. other buzzwords. I don't know what they mean. Okay. Yep. Well, .net. Yeah. .net's huge in Nashville, but even then, right? Like I placed a junior .net dev. He's primarily doing SQL. I don't know what it is within the tech stack, but like everybody wants these junior devs to know SQL. Like, listen, okay. full JavaScript's hot, but I, I very rarely get a junior JavaScript role. Really? Yep. Okay, so SQL. SQL. DevOps, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you can go in and know, you know, how to query and enter outer joins and, and maybe some stored procedures, yeah, like that's you're gonna. Simple stuff, so maybe not. Maybe no, 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 no. But the thing is, though, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but yeah. it sounds like it's simple. Yeah. And then that's all people need to know. Wow. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Man, that's, come on, man. Zero to, I, I don't know, it depends, it's up to the company, right? I always say like, hey, listen, like, I'm like, how much money do you make? Or how much money do you want? I said, I could submit you at half a million dollars, but at the end of the day, the client decides what you're worth. Yeah. Same thing with skill set. Okay. 
right? So there, there's one junior dev I'm working with. I think he actually texts out more of like a lower mid, <laughs> even though he just graduated from code school. He just has it. You know what I'm saying? So it just it, it varies. It varies. I don't. Um, we, we have a pretty cool testing software tool that if you really want to try it out, I can send it to you. Just email me. Um, we test in React, Angular, Node, SQL, all of it. Um, and so that kind of and we send that to our candidates to tech them out. And so um, actually a lot of my devs just want to take it to see where they're at. Um, so yeah. What's your email? Uh, Taylor at Baco. Taylor? At Baco.com. At Baco. Yep. V-A-C-A? V-A-C-O. Yep. Yeah, thank you. What's up? Say, say it again. I sent you a connection. Good, good. Good deal, man. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Appreciate you. Okay. Is it proper etiquette that I'm one one recruiter? Yes, I would. Uh, I should have probably said that. At most three, probably just two. Okay. Anything more than two will just get a little weird and it'll take too much of your time. Makes sense. Yep. Okay. And then uh, you said that you find them or that you find you? Either, right? Depends what you want to do. I mean, if you're bored one night and get on LinkedIn and type in recruiter and in your area and just start DMing people that have that two and two rule. Um, I think you'll be able to make some pretty good headway. Or if you're not in a super rush, just wait for people to message you. Okay. Yep. And then another question is, I, I've started working for a company I've been for three years. Okay. The language is called Avenitio. It's very oh, niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how would I go about finding other companies that might want that Avenitio? Type in that term into LinkedIn. Okay. Um, I really need to give like a LinkedIn course because um, it's, it's such a good tool. Type in that ter term to LinkedIn. And then um, here, I'll actually pull it up real quick for you. Well, I put it in. Well, I, actually, I don't have Wi-Fi, but yeah. So um, yeah, type in the LinkedIn, and then type in like just. You should just be able to press enter, and then all the tools will pop up, or or all the companies or people. So so probably the people will pop up that have the tools, and just go to their company. Okay, that's and, smart. Yep. Yeah, because sometimes they manage their job posting. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like if if you if that tool is with you know if you see a bunch of guys out of Denver that have that tool, I would just go. What I, honestly I would do, I would message those guys and be like, hey, you know, hey guys or hey dude, I have, you know, the same tool that you have. Yeah. Is your company hiring? And so, and and that way you've built a connection with the person at the company instead of submitting your resume. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah, man, absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm not a developer. No, it's fine, man. I'm a networking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we do a lot of networking stuff in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Like Cisco and like Cisco. BG, what is it? Is it BGIP or B? Well, I don't know where it's all that stuff. I don't know what it is. It's all made up. Okay. What's up? Well, anyway, I was just wanting to get your sense of what that market's like. It's still, I mean, it's still, it's still hot. Yeah. Okay. To like Juniper and what do you work with for about 20 years so okay I, I've been I got laid off okay update my skill set yeah to get some uh, Cisco certificates yeah I would still say certificates actually hold its way within the infrastructure I call it infrastructure space um, more than the development space Everyone's like you know should I get a Microsoft cert or should I get whatever no that doesn't help in the dev side but it helps in, in your side okay yeah cool. so certs help it also shows that you're studying right we're talking about being laid off hey what are you doing to further your skills while well, I'm actually working on my you know Azure cert or your whatever cert Cisco right. yeah CCNA sure yeah. All, all that stuff it's what's okay cool. it's uh, a yeah, it alphabet you know, suit you know, on your resume, what it, where, what's this six-month, you know, uh, blank space? Well, I've been working on my... Yeah, absolutely, right? And all companies really want to know is that you're, you're, just, you're just further educating yourself. That's it. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah, man. And if you, hey, if you need anything, shoot me an email, for real. Uh, I'll be glad to help in any way I can. Are they here? They never really go. They, uh, that's crazy. That, that makes me happy. Where are they? have more. At least I thought I did. Where are they? I need to organize my bag. It's making me nervous. There we go. Okay. Yeah. yeah, man. I'm so, I just business cards and get so boring. Yeah, what's up? Yep, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Before I was sending you an adult, um, do I put that on my resume? Like, I did a small business when mm -hmm. I was back in the .NET boom, and I was doing like custom Xboxes with the mods and all that good jazz. Nice. So I have that on some of my resume, and some of them I don't, and I'm not sure if it's good to have as a business. Sure, I think so. I mean, I think there's a way to notate it where you can still show your personal business as like it being legit, okay. right? And when I say it's legit, like I, we know it's legit. You made money off it, but I think a lot of times the typical notion. Within my eyes, it's like, oh, if someone has a personal business, they're actually not working a ton, right? It's more of just an excuse. Yeah. But if you were putting in some hours, right, putting 20, 30, 40 hours, 
Yeah, I would cool. absolutely notate it that way. Cool. And then I also have like a side gig where I'm just like consulting, I guess you could say. Yeah. And just go pick and choose my own ways. Yeah. So sometimes I may have six months where I don't have a, a job. Yeah. I'm mean, working my full time, but I'm not doing my side 100%. gig. Hundred percent. Do I still leave that ongoing? And yeah, I would. Okay. I would. And then, and then, just if they ask you questions, say, "Yeah, right now I'm on hiatus because I want to focus on work, with everyone else in the family." And Correct. Yeah, I mean, if I, if you're working with a recruit, I would also ask them like, "Hey, what does this company? How does this company view like side hustle stuff?" Yeah. Right? Because there's some companies that want you to be totally focused to their business. Mm -hmm. So I would ask the recruiter before they submit your resume because if you need to take it off, you can take it off. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, okay. but most companies don't really care about that anymore. But some, some a lot of startups do because they want you to be like totally invested yeah yeah now what if, what if you got a bad boss or manager what are the situations like that bad boss or manager yeah, like yeah i mean it happens a lot right yeah i mean it happens a lot i you know I, I think trying to network with other other people within your company within different divisions is huge um you know i mean i um um hold on. I'm not going to